Previously on Talking Joe. Chief has made it. And he's got his four evil exes here. Like a Scott Pilgrim comic or something. If we're gonna date, you may have to defeat my seven evil exes. You have seven evil ex-boyfriends? Seven evil exes, yes. And I have to fight defeat. Defeat your seven evil exes if we're going to continue to date? Pretty much. <laughs> Do we all are you gonna make us all like fight? Well, and then someone did pose break a question who would win in a knife fight, so that was one of the questions from the listeners, yeah. Talking Joe is on the air, and here are your hosts, Chief and Mark. Hey, 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 we are still buzzing our berries off the back of the legendary landmark 100, the 100th episode of the world's greatest G.I. Joe podcast. That's right, I said it, people. I said it. I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, that's right, we're back now, and uh, after 100 comes 101, and I am the Chief Doggy Dog, and I'm joined by you. Hey, 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 hey. It's me, Mark. We're bringing you the 101 on Joe. That's it, baby. 101. Um, it's been a uh, it's been a wild ride. Uh, that episode 100 was a good one. Good. Uh, enjoyed uh, chatting to the guys about that. What about you? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I mean, there was five voices on there, sort of all clamouring for attention. <laughs> <laughs> and and I don't know about you, if, as I was listening along, I was thinking, oh, you know, I should have said this. Like, sort of when we we're watching the movie. Um, what what occurred to me was that you know this is meant to, this is almost like a big uh, animated cartoon for the GI Joe toys, but the first section of it, um, you know, it features a bunch of GI Joes and Cobras all all dressed up in uh, in their snow gear, in in outfits that have never been made and never available in the shops uh, of uh, yeah very limited advertising uh, appeal that yes, uh, yes. rare. <laughs> almost, almost, almost worthy of putting in a G.I. Joe fashion jingle right there. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, but no, that was good. I mean, well, there's, that's, maybe that's chat for episode 150. But no, it was good. If you've listened to it, thank you very much. We also have put out a video version that's available on the Facebook page or kindly hosted by the wonderful guys over at G.I. Joeberg on their YouTube channel. So go and look at our fantastically gorgeous mugs over there to uh, you know get this, the lowdown and the scoop on the, the video version of 100. But uh, that's in the past. We're now in the present, which is our past, but your future, your future. because we're recording mm. out of time. So I don't know what's going on. But uh, how you been for this uh, past week, sir? Yeah, all good in the... <laughs> 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 all good in the, the cobra hood yeah uh yeah in the in the hooded cobra face thing uh yeah good i sort of uh, i'm waiting on my gi joe binds to come back from the bindery excited about those and yep. uh and binding i so i sent off uh volumes one to four which covered almost the first 80 issues and and sort of i'm uh, working on the uh the next set will take me up to the end of the marvel run so is that just uh because you don't have those issues yet or financially you didn't want to do a big outlay no, it's more about the time because I keep on I work on all of these little bonuses, you know, in the back, yeah. sort of just uh, so. So I, yeah, spent some time prepping the first four, getting all of the extras ready, and and sent them off, and yeah, finishing off the the last few. But nice. yeah, uh, actually, a lot less, uh, you know, interesting extras for the for the right. uh, latter part of the the Joe series because yeah, yeah. I'm less uh, less enamoured with uh, with the whole shenanigans of of the space force and whatnot so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there we go that's fair uh, 
and uh and oh speaking of joe i've been uh i, I read uh gi joe declassified finally i did my reread of uh reread of that that's uh, the image stuff. three-parter yeah. is it it's uh yeah under the Dev- devil's due uh era but but still part of the hammerverse chronology it's right. uh all about uh yeah the sort of pre and immediate post issue one of of gi joe uh, all about how the original crew were uh, were selected onto the team and that kind of thing. It's uh, yeah, sterling stuff from Hammer. I'd say it's a good uh, palate cleanser, yeah. if you will. Uh, I've yeah. got all those issues, so I uh, might might dig into that at some point. So yeah, good stuff, good stuff. So what's been going on in your world? I know you've been going mince pie crazy again. Mince pies got the spready open. So rating mince pies on look, taste, volume. Uh, pastry Christmas cheer giving it an overall rating out of 25 points and see what comes out on top I like to do at least two hopefully three different varieties of mince pie a week uh, I've been following everyone out there should be following the playful den that's a friend of the show and our good buddy Ben that's his wife she has got an Instagram account with uh, uh, you know good you know 25,000 plus followers she's kind of like a kids research lifestyle kind of guru and she's also been doing the weekly mince pie challenge putting her ratings in so go and check her account but also check mine chiefy two shoes i'm putting up videos of me eating mince pies so that's the kind (laughs) of thing you like to see a 45 year old man eating mince pies with a headband on go and check that out but i'm finding the (laughs) quality is up and down and I bought some expensive vegan ones and they Mm. were not good the pastry was stodgy the inside was claggy um, then I got some cheap ones and they weren't great either. So it really is just, you know, a mixed bag. The Greg's ones were pretty good, but I think the top ones I've had so far. No, then I bought some from the local bakery and you think these are expensive, these are going to be good. They were not good, burnt, overcooked. So it's just a lottery, really. There's no, you know, you, and the problem is they, you buy them in packs of four or six. So it's not like you can buy one to taste and test um, <laughs> so you taste it you realize it's horrible and then yeah. you've got the rest of the packet to work yeah through. then you just smash i smashed nine mince pies yesterday oh my God. and you know i didn't even like them but <laughs> no one else in the house is going to eat them and i don't like chucking away food so that's your total allowance of calories right there isn't it you got it and i woke up at 1 30 a.m with a massive gut ache. oh so my god they could be down to that yeah i don't want to rain on your pay too much but i was looking at uh i was looking at um the uh was it the playful den um instagram channel and what yep. they've been doing their their mince pies look a lot nicer than yours <laughs> well they did starbucks at two pound fifty a pop for one one so, pie Ooh. yeah one two it's a meal in a pie basically mm. but the other thing is now listen up people there was some chat on episode 100 of chief hogging the limelight with jingles so what's happened a man uh marky mark and the funky bunch has only gone and got himself his own jingle which you will be uh we debuting and you'll be able to listen to later on in the show it's a good one in fact you might even have two uh or is it one this week and two next week i don't know but we'll, we'll um, see won't we let's, chief will uh, not let that out. stand so chief's only gone and written himself another jingle for himself and here it is soapbox soapbox what you gonna do? What you gonna do when Chief comes for you with his views and opinions? Let's just call them facts. Soapbox, soapbox, how will the world react? That's right, people. Chief's on his soapbox. I've got something to say. I've got my megaphone out. And I'm going to tell the world the facts to put people straight. Now, people sleep on this. And not bed, but people sleep on this fact. And it is the fact that... The Rocky franchise could well be the second greatest saga of all time. Um, 
I debated this a lot, especially with Ben, and you've got the Indiana Jones saga, you've got obviously the Back to the Future saga, all great movies, but we rewatched Rocky 1 to 6 this past week, and I gave, me, we both of us gave 1 to 4 all 5 stars, and then dip in 5, fair enough, and it comes back up with 6, but those first 4 movies, and people sleep on them because Stallone's obviously got this image of mainly from this macho 80s gung-ho kind of uh, guns and bad acting to be fair persona which is rightfully so I think but people then sleep on that early stuff and Rocky I think was 1976 and it, it won best picture and there was a big to do a big furore at the time because it beat Taxi Driver to the best picture oh wow okay and, and he, he to um, this to this day he wrote it yeah yeah, yeah to this day it, directed it lead no it, didn't direct the, the first tune, one write the theme tune oh right yeah, didn't direct the first one <laughs> oh, but right. directed all the rest uh, but um, the directing's fantastic, but he, I think he got nominated for screenplay, possibly. But to this day, people still look back as that as one of the ten biggest or worst Oscar decisions ever of giving Rocky Best Picture. However, I've now slotted it in as my number five movie of all time, mm-hmm. behind obviously the trilogy, original trilogy, Jaws 4, and then Rocky comes in at five. And people sleep on it because people mainly of our era think about Rocky 3 and 4. He's fighting Mr. T, he's fighting Dolph Lundgren. They are good action movies, and even now, again, bring them up again me and ben when we watched them this week we were texting each other as we're watching i'm up out of my chair shadow boxing to the tv during those training montages and those fight scenes it's just i don't know it's just something gets to me but number i'll go back to my original point of especially number one number one is what i'm talking about mainly because people sleep on that they forget it as a kid i thought it was too boring i wasn't interested in that one and then it wasn't until i got into my 20s when i started watching it and it is a fascinating character study and Stallone's performance in it I'm not kidding it's in my top 10 performances acting performances of all time he is incredible in that role and most people probably haven't seen it for a long time so I'm, I'm urging you I'm saying to you Funky Bunch go and watch Rocky um, you pro- I don't know if you're a fan of the franchise but um, if you haven't seen that first one in a while it is such a slow burn it's such a slow burn there's one small fight at the beginning and then the, the Apollo fight at the end doesn't come till like 20 minutes till the end. It's just all about him, this wow. down-on-his-luck bum, trying to make his way in the world. And he's just, oh, it's, it's amazing. You know, I'm getting off my soapbox now. But um, <laughs> go and check out people out there in, uh, in film land. Go and check out Rocky 1 and uh, be surprised how good it I is. I think I have to watch it now again. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah, it's just, he's, I don't know, it's just, it really, it's emotional. Chief Dog is in tears at the end of that movie every time I watch it. It's just... The fight happens, and people forget he loses that fight, but he's not interested in the payday. He didn't want to take the fight in the first place against Apollo, this this great champion, because he thought it was disrespectful that this bum was getting a shot. At the end, all he cares about is his lady. And, you know, they're saying, Rocky, Rocky, and he's going, Adrian, Adrian. Oh, it's just getting me now. It's just incredible. I might even go and watch it after this. But um, there you go. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> go and watch Rocky. Rocky 2, very good as well. And uh, surprise myself how much 3 and 4 still hold up. But there you go. Don't watch five. To... Actually, five is five, I gave five three stars. It's not the stinker everyone says it is, but it's clearly not as good as those early ones. Also, quick shout: I did watch The Princess Bride, which is another five star movie. What a movie! What a movie! Very yes, good. Yes. Um, which, listen, which Rocky is it? He's got the robot butler. <laughs> That's four. Brilliant. Okay. Happy birthday, Polly! Oh, love it, love it. Um, great, great supporting cast. Cole Weathers. Uh, you know, if you're digging his performance in the Mando and you haven't seen those early Rocky movies, him as Apollo Creed, which is kind of a Muhammad Ali homage, 
Um, he is amazing as Apollo Creed in those movies, so go and check that out, please. But uh, we've talked enough about the Chief. I'm stand, getting off my soapbox. We're here to talk stand about... Stand soldier. We're here to talk about toys, and we've got Fiasco, and we've got a little twist this week. Um, we'll come to that in a second. Action figures. We all love them. We all love them. Action figures. Oh, yeah. They bring us joy in our daily lives. Bring us joy. Action figures. Yeah. Evoking memories from our childhood. Childhood. But now we're grown and we just can't stop, just can't stop Buying plastic till our wallets pop, 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 pop When will it end? Who can say? Who can say? Cause action figures are part of our DNA DNA, DNA Some people say maybe we've gone a little wacko But action figures bring us joy like a rainbow they are so hot like a splash of Tabasco Now it's time for Action Figure Fiasco Now it's time for Action Figure Fiasco But first off, we've got a G.I. Joe 6-inch classified to talk about. I do not have this figure. You, sir, do have this figure, but he's not in front of you because he's in a loft wrapped up as a Christmas present. But uh, you probably had a good ogle at the box before you wrapped it, and it is Beachhead. There we go, Beachhead. I thought you had this guy in front of you, which was where you, where you were get, where you were selecting him this week. But oh no, because I've gone through. <laughs> I'm looking in my cabinet, and I think we've gone through all the classified figures I own. I see. So that's why I said Beachhead because I thought you had him in front of you, and we were both wrong. <laughs> but anyway, oh, well. anyway, I've got Google to help me out yeah, with yeah. some images. I mean, Beachhead, he's he's looking, you know, pretty. Uh, pretty close to his uh, original look there. I mean, he's ident- you know instantly identifiable yep. in his uh, green balaclava. Uh, you know, lots of detail there in the uh, in the eyes behind the mask. Apparently, there's uh, I think a variant on the eyes. There's a I think really? a green eyed version and a blue eyed version. Ah, I see on his shoulder what you were talking about. The, that little communicator thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. The other week, which tried to bypass me, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, good, good. Is that up on, yeah, up on his right, the top right? Yeah, I think it's a unifying uh, feature of basically all of the Joes. They've got this like little blue communicator uh, device thing. A lot of pouches on this guy. He looks like he's ready for, uh, you know, a showdown with cables. And an interesting feature of him as well is that he's got, he comes with this red beret, which he sticks on top of his. uh, balaclava which is i think slightly unconventional way of uh wearing it i think the normal idea would be that you would take off your mask yeah and uh and then put on the balaclava which is uh how um, there was a, a deluxe 12 inch version of uh right. head who okay. had uh, that's that similar feature and, i mean uh, the original... I, you're, you're probably never going to have that berry on but it actually looks like a good fit yeah, it looks it looks like it f- sits on his head uh, well. I think some people might might sort of poo poo it, and other people just sort of go with the madness and in- enjoy it. I think the original uh, three and three quarter inch beachhead had a uh, red flash on his the top of his shoulder, which I now realise was a uh, you know a folded up beret tucked into ah, uh, yes, tucked good, into his strap. Good shout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it is uh, it is a good shout to the original figure that that that. 
is that beret was a, a feature. I think I, uh, an oddity about this guy though is his his guns. Is that green they're, guns? They're all green, which is you know given the quality of all of these figures, it's it's a shame that that you know that that sort of little detail. Yeah, especially is, is when so I'm off. on Google Images, I've just scrolled down looking for more pictures, and it's come up with an image of Flint in a box. Look at his shotgun, man! That's got like yeah. four different colours on that shotgun. Yeah, so so with Flint, that there's you know we were discussing this a bit last week. They've they've gone taken on board some of the the feedback about these you know the less realistic uh, look to some of these guns, and they've gone yeah. for a, you know a very convincing shotgun there in in you know a black with a brown stock um, shotgun yeah. shells painted with the tips of the shells painted a metallic color, and the shotgun with Flint you know actually flip open as well, so it's got a nice. Yeah action there to it so. anyway we ain't talking about that flint chump um so <laughs> this it's beach- looking good and you know it's how how it should be done and yeah this beachhead comes forward. with this big kind of gun he's got a hand pistol there he's got a knife and some sort of single arm crossbow single-handed yeah crossbow, crossbow thing. thing yeah which is yeah slightly strange but looks like it fits on his backpack as well yeah 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 so it's, it, it, they do do sort of they do do well with uh trying to you know fit these weapons onto their pout you know onto their yeah holsters on and backpacks and stuff it is a great feature yeah. color apps look good i like that that two-tone green that kind of mm. standard green and then he's got this kind of lighty yeah, yeah. almost a mix of, of two different colors of it yeah limey green it works yeah, yeah. doesn't it it does it looks nice so yep looking forward to the uh unboxing of this one when uh when christmas day comes is so. that is that a present for a specific child or is it a joint <laughs> child present I'm not entirely sure. So Thomas is getting most of the play out of these guys, but right. uh, but yeah, the old the older boy, uh, he, you know, when the subject was brought up, he did want some, he did want some toys underneath okay. the Christmas tree. There you go. You know, he's at that that age of uh, uh, eleven now, so uh, it's sort of you know, it's uh, it's a time of change where yep. yeah, sort of how you feel about playing with with toys and and that kind of things you know well speaking of the boys and the toys um we're rankling it up this week because i'm not picking another six inch figure out the cabinet because we're going over to this now kids with toys 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 lego Kids with toys. G.I. Joe. Joe. That's right, because you had a little sit down with Thomas and talked about one of his new purchases. So give us a quick intro, then we'll play the clip. Well, I think the clip will probably say it all, but yeah, Thomas used his birthday money to buy an exciting toy. And yeah, I sat down with him and we had a little chat about it. So it's me and Thomas. Hello. So we're going to be talking about... Uh, the Mandalorian figure. The Mandalorian figure, and I think it's called the vintage figure, and it's a special one because it came, comes yeah. with um, lots of extra accessories. Like Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Yeah, Baby so you used Baby. your birthday money to get this one. Yeah. It cost me £21. £21, so that's quite a lot of money for just a three and three, you know, for a three and three quarter inch figure, but but he does look very cool. So what what, what accessories have, has he got? Let's, oh, let's count them oops. out. That was the uh, backpack going on the on the floor. So yeah, I quite like the jetpack. Yeah, so let's let's just list out what he what he comes with. So we've already got so the jetpack. So he comes with the jetpack, yeah. Baby Yoda, yeah, his laser gun, yeah, his which, rifle thing, 
the money he gets from delivering Baby Yoda. Yeah, it's like it's the uh, ice cream container with the Beskar inside of it. It's not an ice cream container. Yeah, if you say so. Then his his head, a second head, which is him without his helmet. Uh huh. And then he's got this blast, which I think is quite cool. Yeah, so he's got a, a blaster which goes into his holster yeah. and a, uh, a cloak. Yeah. So there's quite a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of accessories and his backpack and goes I like on how his many bents there are. You can bend his yeah. feet, his knees, his hands have got all sorts of uh, stuff and his, his head's got a fair amount of uh, uh, flexibility. flexibility to it as, as well. Wait. Did we not mention that uh, his yeah. rifle goes on his, so his back as well? His jetpack goes back, back, but also his rifle can go on his back as well. But they don't work on. when they're together they on the back. They don't work together, yeah, unfortunately. But yeah, he's got his Beskar on, hasn't he? So he's looking quite uh, yeah. silver I don't see. I don't, I don't see why he's having so much mucky armour. <laughs> yeah, What's that all about? <laughs> the armor's quite scuffed up, isn't it? So mm. it must be in the aftermath of one of his uh, adventures when it's looking a little bit more mucky. Mucky. Mm. Baby Yoda's head is the and arms can only move, yeah. so everything else is just done. So he comes with a little so. baby Yoda, which is to scale. It's it's pretty dinky, really, but um, its arms move and its heads move uh, as well. And it's got little, when you turn it upside down, it's got kind of little feet that's sticking out under that sackcloth clothing that it's, uh, it's got. Baby Yoda has three feet. Oh. <laughs> he doesn't have three feet. What are you talking about? I, I'm in three toes. Oh, yeah, three toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're, you know, given how small it is, there's an amazing amount of detail on the baby Yoda's face and stuff. It's like you really have to look closely to to see it. I mean, it's yeah. it's pretty incredible for for the size. Um, there was a funny story, wasn't it? When when we got the thing in the post, you said when it arrives, I want to keep the packaging. And I was like, oh right, cool. You're getting really into your action figure collecting. You want to actually keep the original card art and keep the box all nice. And then it arrived, and you just ripped it open and threw it in the floor. And I no, said, hey. I was talking about um, the actual box that it comes in. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the, like the card art and the bubble wrap, and the, the you know the the thing with the art and stuff. But no, you just wanted to rip that open and toss it on its side, and you wanted to keep the box, the cardboard <laughs> box, on the outside, so you could do something with yeah. that. <laughs> so what? So what overall do we think about this guy? Mm. Do you want? Should we just list some things that we don't like about it? Okay, what? What do you think you don't like about him? I don't like the muck on his face. All right, you'd prefer the clean look to him. Yeah. Okay. That's what it showed when I was buying it. <laughs> I think we just didn't zoom in on it enough. <laughs> oh. I think my only complaint is uh, the helmet with the muck on it. Mm. I'd give it an 8 out of 10. An 8 out of 10, okay. Is it? Do you think it's your favourite Star Wars figure that you've got? Mm. One of my favourites. One of them. I I think I bought it because I liked uh, the Mandalorian series. Yeah, we're enjoying it, aren't we? It's, yeah. It's a lot of... <laughs> Thanks for the toy box insight there, Thomas. Maybe you'll come back and tell us about another toy another time maybe dun, 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 dun.
I shall see the end of the episode. <laughs> okay, bye! Yep, good stuff. I mean, that they seem to have packed a lot in for that three and a half inch figure with all the accessories and stuff. A bit pricey, like you said, though. Yeah, it's got all the bells and whistles. I've seen it. So we paid £21 for yeah. that. I think that was Star Action Figures. Okay. And, and I've seen prices for it all over the place. So I've seen plenty of places selling it uh you know new as as new from a, a regular shop like about 35 um on ebay i've seen prices where people are trying to somehow wrangle like 70 80 pounds for it so i think wow. we did well with the price on it but yeah yeah that's it's a it's a you know hell of a figure and, and, and so much detailing and accessories and stuff just uh, quickly before we move jealous. on did was that a purchase that came from uh, him watching the show was he aware of this character beforehand or yeah so we've been watching uh, the mandalorian t- together most weeks so yeah he's we're in- enjoying it and i think yeah you know he just wanted to be able to get the toy and act out the uh act and out is, the play is there Continue more purchases adventures. in him do you think um yeah probably we'll right. see <laughs> Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Um, there will be more action figure fiasco next week. But right now, we've got to talk about and, some comments. Oh, yeah, and, and oh. you know, sound, sound off in the comments. Let us know what you think of uh, Thomas's uh, Kids With Toys segment there. And uh, let us know what you think. And if you want him to come back, you know, if uh, if he gets a bit of encouragement, he might, uh, he might you know, talk about another of his toys. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Good stuff, good stuff. Now, on to the comics. Comic talk, oh, comic talk. Barry Hammer writes them cheap and Mark discusses them woo. Comic talk, oh, comic talk. Barry Hammer writes them cheap and Mark discusses them woo. That's right, it's issues 254 and 255, the last of the two special missions, one offs featuring this week Destro and Scarlet. So let's take a look at 254, because that is a number that comes before 255. Wow. Um, right, and uh, the first one is Destro, like I said. So let's quickly cover the covers. Cover the covers. Cover so we've got three covers. on offer here. We've got Marcelo Ferreira. Um, just quick point, point, quickly point out, Larry's writing and Nito Diaz is back on art with Alison Rodriguez and... Yagdish Kumar on inks, James Brown on colour. So, yeah, the covers here, we've got this Marcelo Ferreira cover. We've got the John Royal incentive, or cover B, and then the retailer incentive by Larry. My favourite is actually the, the standard A cover. I quite like this one. Oh, Destro right. yeah, on the yeah. spoiler. It's pretty pretty good. Uh, and I wonder if I wonder if he was somewhat inspired by the uh, the Larry Hammer sketch and sort of putting his own twist on that. They're quite yes. sort of similar uh, poses, aren't they? So, it's so. kind of an up updated version of is it 87 or 86 i think there's a cover with destro on a despoiler oh right okay could be completely wrong <laughs> could be making that up i can't think of the one that uh yeah i'm googling it right now i'm going to google gi joe cover 87 I mean, well, while i do that you tell me what you think of the covers so yeah they're, they're good i think you pro- probably as you say uh the cover a is is uh is a strong one it um John, uh, John Royal on cover B. It's uh, also striking, a nice one. It's it's sort of you know leaning into his preferred kind of look of a kind of iconic splash of the main character with some uh, some you know detailing in the background, and we've got a uh, snake armor in the background there. Sort of uh, nice to see a bit of a uh, bit of uh, that armor. Uh, yep. 
yeah I like, yeah not not you know not used a huge amount so so when it when it's used it, it's uh, quite quite fun to to see yeah have you looked yeah. it up what did you find? yeah i've sent you an image it is 87 uh-huh. boom chief dog out researching <laughs> funky bunch put that one in the notebook um okay oh yes very yeah. good yeah 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 okay yeah. There you go. Um, I'll try my best to do it again next week. Um, no research chief, they call me. Uh, listen, <laughs> let's talk about the insides, and for that, we need to do a plot breakdown. Plot breakdown. Destro is brokering arms deals between Mars and Sheikh Ali of Qun. As the Sheikh is taking Destro and Baroness on a tour of his well-fortified subterranean facility, it is attacked by helicopters carrying a new breed of android troopers. Destro and Baroness fight them off, and the Sheik agrees to do business with Mars, but thinking that Destro had set the whole thing up. On the ride back, Destro reveals that while the attack was by the Sheik's brother-in-law, Destro had known all along, because knowing is half the battle. <laughs> sure is. And he actually says that, doesn't he, at the end? He does. He sure yeah. does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so Destro, when you see a Destro special missions, this is the kind of thing you're expecting, I think? Yeah, yeah, very much playing into sort of Destro's kind of tropes, really, isn't it? Of uh, him sort of knowing more than his opponent and thinking, uh, yeah. thinking ahead. Uh, you know, there's the weapons dealing, there's the Baroness, there's him using his, uh, you know, his technology on his suit. Now um, then, I'm coming to that straight away. Yeah, so talking about his suit, he is okay. Two things. Number one, what the heck is he wearing it's got like spiked shoulder pads it's, it's all kinds of freaky isn't it oh i don't like it <laughs> at all and then he, he seems to have changed into regular uniform or regular outfit like three pages later he's just in his regular garb yeah um but also okay fine he's telling you at the beginning it can sustain this fire it can deflect bullets etc some guy shoots an rpg at him in the back mm-hmm. And he doesn't fall over or anything. So how? Okay, fine. If it if it's got plating that it won't penetrate or anything. But how did he not? How, where's the force gone? Yeah. Where's the force of the rocket dissipated to? Where's the physics of this thing? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's got some kind of absorption force absorption. I don't know what the you know the um, correct terminology here is. Well, um, it's the reactive coating which compromises rocket propelled heat munitions. As you right. can see, the finish is damaged. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. He explained it to me. So he's basically no prized himself. Yeah. yeah fine, sort of fine. explaining away with some uh, some words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's yeah. So he not not necessarily supported by physics, but but that's okay. No, no. There is there is a bit of a twist here, I suppose, in that he's gone to sell munitions to this guy or or to debunk this guy's current munitions and say look mars does better stuff and you're led to believe that all the attacks that then come on this base are perpetrated by destro but the twist was it actually wasn't destro mm. that's right it was Organized. the shake's brother brother the brother, shakes brother yeah. yeah but yeah talk about his his outfit as as well he's got that that crazy a sort of a spiked shoulder which uh, seems to <laughs> be no purpose other than probably Nitho uh, thinking that it looks cool. His 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 mask, the scar on his mask, has m- miraculously disappeared. But yep. you know, in terms of the in terms of the I guess OP overpowered nature of the suit, it it sort of I don't know that it necessarily serves storytelling particularly well because it, it you know having a, such an invulnerable suit sort of takes away any sense of jeopardy. So. Um, 
yeah i think you know if if that is his new kind of uh standard suit that he's always in it's it, you know you know that destro is never really any sense of yeah. peril because yeah. he's got his suit he's not going to be damaged no basically uh, what it shoot. is is um Destro bullshit, it's all the time. G.I. Joanne, Destro bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> his go-go gadget hands. Um, I bet those go-go gadget hands never come up again. <laughs> we'll see. I'll tell you one bit I did I think like. They might. I think they might. I think oh, really? I've seen a preview where... where they, right. They one bit I did up. like is uh, where he meets the Sheik, and the Sheik's on top of his gold Range Rover on mm-hmm. a chair on the sunroof. Indeed. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, Love it. It's lovely. And it's the, he's the Sheik of... Let's get this right... Qnr Q N R R H. Got it. Glad you <laughs> said a, it, not me. It's a mouthful. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um. Story-wise, there's there's not a great deal going on, I suppose, other than just big attacks being launched, counter um, counter defenses, you know, trying to be formed. Then bats come in with weird shaped heads, and Destro kind of takes them all out and then ends up. Yes, we'll we'll cut a deal with you, sir. Mm, yeah. So it's kind of kind of by the numbers, really. Yeah, and I guess it might it might pass partially setting up some groundwork for Destro. You know, showing this new suit of Destro and some of his capabilities, and and maybe that will play into future stories. Perhaps Larry Hammer plans one page ahead. So hard to hard to say. The other thing, the other thing that stuck stuck out for me was um, this voice activation on his uh, on his uh, uh, wrist grenades. He goes, yes. "Arm wrist grenades," and then you know they go beep, ping, 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 and they you know he chucks them off, and you know that that strikes me as being a bit dangerous. You know, if there's anything like uh, my uh, Alexa, then ping then they'll constantly be activating it's by accident so you know yeah. he's gone off gone off to the uh, doctor's appointment and he says you know where does it hurt destro and he says well it's aching in my ro- arm and wrist today arm wrist grenades ping 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 <laughs> <laughs> and he's only set one second fuses on him as well well exactly yeah 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 deactivate deactivate yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, art, art wise are you, are you i i kind of wasn't Overly impressed with previous Nitho Diaz art, but I think this is probably his best work I've seen to date. Okay, interesting. Because I mean, what what we've got is, I guess, a different art team apart from Nitho being being there. Is that we've got um, James Brown back on on colours, who's yeah. been you know the the you know colourist of choice for a lot of the uh, hundred issues on on this run so far, and uh, so so I guess the the tone of the colours is is a lot more close to what we've been been seeing to to date um and and quite a different style you know i I mentioned previously on that that dawn uh, arc that the colors were a lot more muted and a lot more painterly um so so i think the the change in colorist uh and probably the inca here as well does make quite a big difference to the to the look of uh the the art yeah Um, agree agree and i'll tell you what else i noticed go on it was a Larry Hammer colloquialism. There used to be a pudding that was over-egged. You know the pudding. You know the pudding. At first it was British, but then it was Commonwealth. You know the pudding. You know the pudding. But now there's a new player in town. A comic book writer of 
of some renown. He's using real-world examples and peppering the issues with with lots of samples. It's a Larry Hammer colloquialism. He's talking G.I. Joe and all its heroism. Can you guess what it is? Is it something new? Now listen as Larry drops a slice of real life on you. Whoa! New reworked jingle. <laughs> yes, so what's this? Explain to me what this is. So, uh, every time we're going to be spotting a colloquialism that, that Larry Hammer you know, slots in there that maybe is a little bit of jargon um, and would uh, you know, benefit from perhaps a little bit of Google Foo to work out what on earth he's describing, then we'll try and highlight it in this new segment. So the one I spotted in this issue was Destro saying, I am Winchester on wrist rockets. Yeah, I didn't bother looking this up because I figured you would do that donkey work, but I just assumed it meant I'm out. Is that, yeah, is that right? So that's, that's right. So, so I think it you know, absolutely makes con- you know, sense in the context of the scene without needing to, to look it up. Um, so going Winchester means running out of ammunition during battle and needing to return to base for a reload. And uh, there was a protocol, uh, you know, that, that's it's re- referred to in, in, in real life military. And there was a protocol uh, in some bombing runs that, that if a B-1 bomber returned to base without a single bomb left back on board at the end of the mission, the crew on the ground slaps a W sticker denoting Winchester inside the bomb bay doors to note right. the mission. OK, yeah, good. Good stuff. Um, any more? Any more in this particular issue? Uh, I think I'm done on that issue. All right, okay. Should we? Um, oh, should we? Actually, I had a uh, a, a quote from this issue. So, oh, fav- did, favorite there, line of dialogue. Yeah, there wasn't a hammerism in this one, was there? Uh, no, not no. no, not this one. It's oh, yeah, this cool. All oh, right, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So, favorite line of dialogue in here before we wrap up. So it was Destro going up against this big boss battle battle android at, yep. uh, towards the end of the issue, and he says. No matter how massive and well-armed they are, their performance is drastically degraded by the removal of their heads. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> My favourite bit, actually, I didn't really have a favourite one, uh, but now that you mention it, uh, the bit that he says afterwards, um, Mars would never allow such a uh, floor or something like that. Basic design floor that I would never allow him in a Mars product. <laughs> yeah. So let's, even let's headless, just... Mars products are still workable. Of course, yeah. Superior, yeah. <laughs> um, what's your uh, yo joage on this one? Uh, solid enough, but nothing spectacular. So... Uh... Let's go. Do we? This is out of ten, isn't it? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Six and a half. Six point five from Mark. Um, I will. I think I'll probably give it a six, maybe a six point five. I'll have a think. Okay. I'm gonna need to. I need to weigh it up against previous issues that I don't have in front of me. Scores in front of me. So I'll do that offline. Now let's move on to two five five, which is Scarlet. Let's look at the covers. I've got the cover A, which is the gatefold John Royal one. Yeah, so John Royal is on the cover A for this one. He's normally on the cover B, so uh, this would be his first one that people would right. be getting in their pool list by default, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's got a few play- main players on there. We've got Storm Shadows, Arana, Firefly, Gold, Destro, Baroness, Cobra Commander, with some Rattlers in the background. I think there's a Terradrome there as well. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot going on, and it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, nice to have a double gatefold cover like this. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, we've got uh, Harvey 
Tolebao is the artist here with colours by Luis Antonio Delgado and Kevin Anthony De Castro. And um, he actually does, Harvey does the cover B as well, which is Scarlet um, kind of just firing off double crossbows. That's right, yeah. And there's a, a black and white version of that there's on a Larry. the interior yep. flap of the uh, issue. Yeah, there's also an SL Gallant, which is a retail incentive. And then there's an IDW convention exclusive by... Natalie Saunders. Yeah, there you go. There you go. What's your favourite of these? I think I'd have to go with the the John Royal. It's it's the least um, to do with the issue itself, being a Scarlet uh, solo <laughs> um, special mission. Uh, but, you know, it's it's great to see that, that Cobra cast uh, sort of as rendered by uh, John Royal, yeah. including um, Storm Shadow on the on the back cover there in with his Cobra logo, who has not been on Cobra for many a year. Yes, yes. Um, um... And including actually when Destro would have had his um, gold face mask. But those uh, those continuity issues aside. Yeah, good cover. It's very well rendered. Good cover. I like, quite like the um, Shannon. Well, I like the perspective and the angle on that yeah, Scarlet one yeah, in, yeah. It's in a the good, forest. Uh, it's probably quite a hard angle to pull off, actually, looking up uh, yes. like that. So, yep. so, yeah, props to him for doing okay. that. Okay, good stuff. Uh, let's find out what this issue is about. Plot, Plot breakdown. breakdown. On the Staten Island Ferry, Scarlet has memories of Snake Eyes and their encounter with the Crimson Guard. Later, in Fort Woodworth, she recounts the story of the helicopter accident that injured Snake Eyes and the story of how he came to wear a latex mask to disguise his face. Scarlet surprises Sean by giving him his own mask, just like the original Snake Eyes used to wear. But meanwhile, at Ranger School in Fort Polk, Dawn Moreno is taking escape and evasion training, and her instructors are surprised that she has lasted longer than anybody else. She duct-taped her captors to the ceiling and escaped to the Waffle Shack. Um, I'm coming straight here with Am I Stupid?, I, I didn't really understand that second story, because there's two stories here. So that second story, which I'm going to first, the Dawn Moreno one, okay. Dawn Patrol, um, even though you've just kind of explained it to me there, <laughs> when I was reading it, I was like, so they're talking about Moreno in the beginning, and mm. the only Moreno that I had knew at the time was Dawn Moreno, but I was like, no, they must be talking about someone else, because she's not in Ranger School. But this was, this was pre-her joining Cobra. No, this was pre her. This was post uh, the dawn of the uh, Rashikage uh, five parter. Okay, how did that uh, end? I've forgotten. Yeah, give me a second, and I'll dig it out my uh, box. Okay. Um, yeah, how did it end? I'm looking at it now. I thought it just ended with big firefly, fire fight with firefly, and they. Oh yes, he's saying um, dawn yeah. in two weeks when you turn eighteen. Here you we want go. To enlist. Oh yes, yes, yes. Scarlet's yeah. saying you're going to enlist. Yeah. So okay. oh, I issue, blanked all that from my memory. Issue two fifty ended with Scarlet saying dawn in two weeks when you turn eighteen. If you want to enlist, the Joes will facilitate it. Yeah, yeah, You'll have to yeah. go through basic and AIT, but after that there will be an open slot for you on the team. So this is yeah. uh, her sort of coming to the end of uh, her training by the by the looks of things. Yeah, and her training involved her being interrogated. So I'm not that's sure if that's right. standard practice by a ranger school or not. Well, they, see, they seem to suggest it is. Uh, and right. there's a nice little Easter egg in there as well. They talk about uh, that Dawn's done the best uh, at that particular exercise since a guy called Eric Friedstart. Ah, yes. Again, I did not look this up because I knew you you, were, you would. Tell me. So Eric Friedstart is short fuse. Ah. 
and and I thought I looked and thought to myself that's a bit of a that's a bit of an odd callback. What, you know, what's about short fuse? And I looked at his file card, and there wasn't really much on there that would suggest that he'd be particularly you know excel at this um, exercise. Um, uh, but what it actually was, and what got me down the rabbit hole of reading GI Joe Declassified, yep. is that it's a callback to a scene in that series where uh, they talk about the f- short fuse was specifically selected to join the G.I. Joe team because of his performance in that interrogation training. Ah, there you go. Well done. Now you know. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> um, uh. Right, okay. So that's that That's that one done, I think. you know. Do, do you like that little one? I suppose what we should do is we should actually rate that one while we're here. Let's yo-jo that little short well, story. Why not? Yeah, it's it's not much of of anything, but it sort of. It, I think it's a nice little scene setter to remind us of what's happening with Dawn and sort of and and sort of uh, mark the time that she's spending in training in between that that last mission with the Joes and uh, doing this training, and then uh, I guess the next time we see her, you know, wherever that that is, and and being you know in a state ready to jo- join back up with the Joes. So uh, yeah, the fact that they've just used a few issue. A uh, few pages in in this issue to do that. I think, uh, yeah. yeah, I think that was a good use of time. Um, the story itself is nothing spectacular, but but um, you know, nothing nothing wrong with it per se. But but doesn't necessarily uh, blow my mind. So uh, yeah, six. Okay, six on the pad. Chief also coming in with a six. Now let's talk about the main one. So like you've said, this is Scarlet with flashbacks to scenes we have previously seen mm. in the pages of the Marvel run and kind of just fleshing out a few things like going to the guy who makes Snake Eyes prosthetic mask. Yeah, and so this is the the big extra reveal, isn't it? It's sort of that that's the thing that we'd we'd never really known about yeah, before. Yeah. Um yeah, it's big uh flashbacks to the ferry scene from issue uh, Saturn Island ferry scene from yeah. issue thirty six where Snake Eyes and Scarlet run into a bunch of CGs. Yes. And then the chopper explosion, which uh, scars Snake Eyes' face and vocal cords, and that was covered in issue 27, and and then again in issue 145 with all of the extra Charlie Mike uh, yep. stuff at the end of it. Yep. Um, and, yeah, what, what a lot of people were struck by um, in, in the telling of that, that story, particularly the, the chopper explosion story, is that, that Hammer's not necessarily too worried about fidelity to continuity and is uh, more than willing to kind of slightly evolve you know change add tack on to some of those origin stories as time goes on in much the same way that you know the origins to some something like fantastic four is sort of changes over time subtly um you know we're seeing that similar things in in terms of the storytelling for for joe joe yeah yeah that's that's fair i mean what, what, what do you think overall? As I was starting to read it, I was like, okay, fine. I like these flashback sequences where mm. it's grayscale just with Scarlet's red hair. Yeah. Both that's... of the flashback sequences, although the, the one with the chopper seems to have some gray, uh, green tones in it as well. Okay. Uh, but on the whole, then the, 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 the regular present continuity or action is just regular color palette. But yeah. I think the art's quite nice here. Yeah, I think that that color is is what makes this issue uh, special and, and stand out. It's sort of a very different look, and it r- works really well. And 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 in terms of sort of flicking back forward and back in time as well, sort of really helps differentiate what's what's going on. 
um, yeah, that that red accent on Scarlett's hair, I think, very good touch and and sort of elevates this this issue beyond what it would would be without without that touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I did question though whether this necessary this whole thing. It, um, <laughs> am I bothered about getting uh, um, fairy flashbacks? Not really, because that scene was fine. And this didn't really add anything to it. Yeah, it's um, a, quite a faithful retelling of it, really. It, yeah, it is almost a beat for beat, similar the to the chopper explosion. Before. Again, it's just extra kind of panels, just with some added dialogue that doesn't really progress anything there. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. The one like you said, where they go to the mask maker, and then he ends up making a mask for Sean. Yeah, is... and then she gives that to him, and and I I feel like that. It wasn't necessarily the best step because when we see Sean first in this this issue, he's wearing that sort of white medical face mask. Yes. And I thought to myself, oh, that's actually quite cool. It's a oh, nice. Oh yeah, where they're all she sat behind the desk. Yeah, and and yeah. he's there in his blue blue uniform, beret, and white face mask. And I thought that's a yeah, an interesting visual, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. marked. You know, it does stand out as as yeah, as I say, an interesting visual, good uh, uh, sort of a quite standout look, and it does differentiate the Sean look when he's in his civvies versus the standard Snake Eyes look. Yeah. Um. So I was a little bit disappointed actually that that then he is given the snake eyes style latex mask um and that fine that you know that fine dividing line between the the sean snake eyes and the original snake eyes seems to just be diminishing ever more into making them very interchangeable identical uh characters yeah somewhat creepy as well yeah (laughs) they've had a few opportunities to kind of make that differentiation um and they seem larry seems to have not gone down that route but Mm. Uh, one thing I've noticed, and you could call me out or someone call me out if I'm wrong, but there's a scene also on the ferry of Flashback where Scarlett says, I will always love you no matter what. Now, have either... Well, not, not either of those characters, because Snake Eyes wouldn't have done, but has Scarlett ever actually said the words, I love you, in a page of G.I. Joe before this to him? I don't know 100%, instance, but it could well be. Yeah. Okay. Not that that's... I, think, I, think I don't know right. how significant that is. Maybe it's not significant at all, but... Um, I don't know. I, th- I was thinking about this as well as I was reading. A lot of people give the big players, you know, Scarlet, Snake Eyes, Ma- Duke, maybe Stalker to an extent, a bit of flack for overexposure when you've got this cast of hundreds and there's so many characters that don't get utilised or are underdeveloped, yet we still keep seeing these main guys. And obviously the reason for that is they are the most popular. So, you know, that's the, the that's the reason for that yeah. but and also you know larry obviously has got the biggest affection yeah for those, yeah those and and the, the, what what the conclusion i kind of came to was you've got this really great kind of love story between snake eyes and scarlet that never goes down the overly mushy or sentimental route you know you never see him kissing you never see um them I don't know. It, it feels <laughs> you never see them. No, oh, no, I, I don't know. You, you, you know, you never see them settling down, watching TV or whatever. Just, just you know, simple things like that. There's very much still this tension and this mm-hmm. military aspect to their relationship, yeah. and um, it just got me thinking. It's a really, they're a really cool couple that is kind of like the the, the Cyclops Jean Grey of the, the mm-hmm. G.I. Joe world in a way yeah. that they've been together for so long. Um, but never expressed expressly said that they're an item, even though they clearly are. And yeah. I don't know. I just it's something that hasn't really 
you know, I've obviously been aware of it through reading the comics for countless years, but I've never really dwelled on thinking about it until now. Okay, yeah, interesting, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, overall, I thought the art was nice. Um, the storytelling was absolutely fine. I have no problem with the storytelling. I'm just, I'm only downgrading it on the basis of its relevance. Um, and, and yeah, I don't know, it, fine, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> Okay, I'll I'll flag a couple of the the other small things that I uh, I I noticed as as well was reading this that Scala referred to the uh, Hummer the Humvee as a vamp, um, and you know possibly that's a mistake, but it could well have no, been. Can I no prize that? Go on, because that's what I thought at first. Then I reread the scene. That's when she gets picked up by rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, yep. Is that she says I uh, uh, didn't think I would spot a vamp and all the SUVs rock and roll. And he's like, you seem distracted. So I thought she was saying, um, you, "Rock and Roll chose not to come in a vamp. He chose to come in uh, a, a Humvee or whatever to make it easier for Scarlett to see him." Oh, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Did think. Yeah, maybe hmm. that that could make sense in the context. Yeah, I read it like you read it the first time though. Yeah. That, oh, that's a mistake. But then I thought, yeah. okay, he's chosen to not come in a vamp because uh, he thought Scarlett might not see him, so he's coming in a, a Humvee. Could so, be. Anyway. Well done. Yeah. No prize, the no, the prize. no prize that I was going to go for could be that just you know the the vamp has been updated and the the, the latest iteration, the Vamp Mark Three, could be a uh, a Humvee design. But um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. As you say, the dialogue actually kind of yeah that that sort of slightly clunky dialogue does kind of point to maybe that it wasn't a vamp after all. Interesting. Um, there was a quite a funny scene that we've not talked about as well. There's the an awkward silence page. You know, okay. Uh, Larry is a big fan of uh, a big fan of the silent issue, uh, and indeed potentially the silent page. And it's uh, right in the middle of the issue where the staples are. Um, uh, Yes, Scarlet uh, says, I told him that I loved him for who he was inside and nothing would ever change that. I told him I would stick by him no matter what. And then they just cut to the room and it's just... <laughs> all right, all staring into space. <laughs> They're all like, mm, okay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> they don't know how to handle their feelings. Yeah, 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 yeah. good. Um, and then the, the other thing I noticed was that, uh, yeah, you know, this is officially the 100th issue, which is why we get the cover and the... Um, the extra pages oh the and, 100th the idw issue exactly the 100th ah, right. idw issue so 255 100 on from 155 and uh, in the editorial uh, on the letter page they say uh, you know there here's to 100 more issues um which put me in mind of issue 145 of the marvel run in the, where the letters page says you know, we're 145, here's 145 more when it was cancelled <laughs> 10 issues later. So, yeah, nice. <laughs> um, well, we no, no sign of cancellation yet on this run, I guess. Well, no, I mean, yeah. It's still going, as far well, as we it, know. It's done more than Marvel did when they made the proclamation. Uh, yes, well, it's done It's done 100 of IDWs and Marvel uh, and Marvel said in that letters page at 145 in, here's 145 more, yeah. Um, but yeah we'll see, it's keeping going and if it's keeping going, I'll keep on buying yep, okay so, noticed a couple of more uh, hammer colloquialisms out here, go on 
So he described, uh, Stalker described Snake Eyes in his new black duds as looking strack. Any ideas what that is? Strack, he has used that before, um, but when you tell me, I'll know, but off the top of my head, go on. So Strack is a 1970s era US military acronym, meaning skilled, tough, ready around the clock. So to be labelled Strack was considered high praise and used to describe a well-organised, well-turned-out soldier. Yeah, I didn't know that. And the, the other one I spotted was that in the Dawn story, it refers to everything being in her DD-201. Um, I think S-Jubs said this one when he was Ooh. on, but I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, my memory's worse than yours for a time. For a change, <laughs> so it's a 201 is a military personnel file. Uh, so it's got all the documents maintained by the US government for members of the United States Armed Forces. Okay, very good, very good. But have you got time for a brand new segment, Chief? Well, only if it's got a new jingle. Stop! Have a time! Time to beat the soles of your boots with my face. Sucking chest wounds, red ninjas, brain scanners, rubber hooses, blue ninjas. And then some more sucking chest wounds. Have a time! Whoa, loving that. Funky Bunch doing the, doing the yeoman's work there. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so we've got some, uh, we've got some Harry, Larry Hammer regulars here. And what I spotted this week was Cluster Foul Up. Yes. And he, he uh, we haven't seen this being used for a little while, but back in the 140s he seemed to be using on every other page uh so back back when the mission is you know really going south which he also uses uh that's when uh that's when everything is messed up and foobard so uh yeah i think it's a slightly uh cleaned up version of what the uh military might actually say okay everything is foobard merrily fouled up yep yep okay (laughs) Good stuff. Any more? That that was it for, okay. for these two. Cluster foul up, going south, and uh, we'll see if we can spot any more uh, of the ilk in the next few issues. Good stuff. Good stuff. Loving that new jingle. Loving that new jingle. Um, how are we, uh, Yojo, in this? What are you going in with? Ooh. Um, oh, wait a minute. Before we do that, I actually had a di- line of dialogue uh, for once. And uh, my line of dialogue that I liked was on the f- ferry flashback where... The coffee has gone in the CG's face. Oh, yes. Uh, Scarlet says, the CG's were totally not expecting weaponized hot coffee. Excellent. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that is worth calling out, for That's sure. A good one. That's a good one. Um, but how are we going to score this one? Um, I don't know. This is tricky for me because it was... Like I say, it's not a bad issue. It's, it's I prefer it to the last one, to the Destro one. Sure, um, yeah. So... And I gave that a 6. So this has to be at least a 6.5 for me. Could it even get a 7? Not sure. Again, I'll go back and have a look at my scores from previous issues. So it's going to be a 6.5 or a 7 for me. So, yeah, I mean, I think the the issue didn't necessarily advance things a huge amount. But uh, the writing was solid. The art was solid. And I I just loved the the way that colour was used in these uh, flashbacks. Um, so, so yeah, I enjoyed it and it was, I think, uh, a bit, bit of a head above 
probably a lot of the other issues that we've been reading. So I'll go with a slightly higher seven and a half on this one. Seven and a half from Funky Bunch. Good stuff. Um, next week, we will be covering the Silent Option four issue miniseries, if I'm not mistaken. Whoa, uh, Nelly. I- <laughs> well Nelly, yeah. I said, yeah. I've not I've not I've not ever read those, so Same, I have them in my collection, never read them, so first time round for both of the co hosts next week. Cool and beans. was it so uh, just just for a bit of background, this is I don't know what's about this is introducing all I know is it's introducing Helix, which was a character created for the IDW continuity of G.I. Joe by Chuck Dixon and the like. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so I don't know quite, you know, who was a named individual who, um, uh, you know, originated her. But um, yeah, she was she was seen in the uh, IDW as, you know, a fairly significant um, character. And yeah, this is her making her entry into the Hammerverse. So uh, yeah, brand new character okay. with a little bit of a, a weight of history behind her in terms of the stories told before. But yeah, interesting to, okay. to see what, what he does with her. All right, yeah, good stuff. So, And I don't think this is necessarily, uh, you know, in terms of it's not following on from Dawn of the Russia Cargate. I think it will slip in here quite nicely, so to speak, in that um, it's fairly self-contained. From what I, I little of, I, I know of it. But we'll see. We'll find out next week. Go and read those issues if you want to do your homework. If not, you can hear me and Funky Bunch talk about them anyway. But right now, because the Chief is um, deciding he's boycotting Mandalorian, uh, not boycotting, (laughs) but trying to get through Clone Wars and Rebels, and no spoilers, please, anyone, but someone, Ben, messaged me yesterday about the most recent episode and said, holy cow, this Mm -hmm. is Star Wars. Um, And Have you seen it yet? Yep, watched it last night. Okay, and yes, yeah, so um, I am not going to watch that until... I think I've worked it out. I'm on episode 13 of season 5 of Clone Wars, so I've got 10 to go there, plus 22 Oof. is 32, plus 12 is 44, <laughs> plus uh, about another... I think I've got about 100 episodes of animated oh shows God, to watch. So if I can do 10 a week, I'll be 10 weeks till I get to Mandalorian. Okay, it's good stuff. Okay, it's good stuff. Okay, um, but uh, we'll try and see if we've got another segment we can slot in that place next week. But if not, look, you're getting over an hour's worth of good content into your oral capacities anyway. So uh, we'll see what happens. But we do have a question that we asked you, and this one last week went out exclusively to the Talking Joe. So, whoa, wait a minute! Nope, Chief is losing the plot. We forgot. We go to toy talk now, don't we? So uh, That's yeah, right. let's talk about some toys. Mark talks about toys, ho ho. He talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the toys from the comic book and the animated show. Mark talks about toys. Mark talks about toys. Okay, uh, I am guessing here that you are picking Scarlet. <laughs> that would make sense, wouldn't it? But, but you're not. Destro. <laughs> nope, no Destros. Um, short Fuse. <laughs> no, he that only appears a, by name. That, that would have been, been a deep obtuse. cut. Obtuse, yeah. Um, that will be rock and roll. Nope. <laughs> it will be Baroness. No. It will be. Don't know. This week we are talking Clutch. Ah, Clutch. Yes, yes. So Clutch was one of the uh, secondary Joes there in the Scarlet issue, uh, along with uh, Rock and Roll. Of course. Um, one of the originals. One of the OG Joes there appearing in Wave 1. Do you know much about 
clutch clutch beyond the uh, beyond the comic appearance. I don't know that we ever actually got a clutch release in the UK. I think we did not. Okay, I'm only kind of familiar with him from the the rock and roll pairing when they're always going surfing and running into the dreadnoughts. That's right. So I've pinged you across uh, an image of the clutch yep. figure. Got it. Uh, yeah, I believe that when the the vamp came out in the UK, we got a um a repaint SAS black version which came with a character called Stalker which was uh basically uh the version 1 snake eyes with some uh gray applications to his his face right. uh, that differentiated him slightly so we so I don't we didn't then get a subsequent release of the green vamp uh so we didn't get uh, clutch as the driver and we didn't get him as a uh, sort of secondary, you know, standalone carded figure either. Okay. Um, so I never had him as a, as a as a kid. Uh, Peter probably bought him and then culled him off in his great eBay cull along More than with likely. everything else. Yeah, not 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 that it weighs on my mind too much. <laughs> so so I've, I've, he's a figure that I've actually gone back and and rebought in uh, recent weeks, and um, looking at him right now. The I mean. The thing about the original Wave 1 figures is that, you know, they, they've got this unifying look to them in terms of a lot of the pieces are reused between the figures. Yeah. Um, they've got very similar paired paired down colorings. There's there's no neon to be uh, to be seen. But as a, as a character, he's got a lot of, uh, uh, you know, he's got a lot of character to him. Uh, his his face is, you know, his bearded black hair i believe this same head sculpt uh was used multiple times so i believe that oh, wow. uh, both breaker and rock and roll used the same head but with breaker having uh, gr- uh brown hair and rock and roll having blonde uh hair correct me if, if I'm, I'm wrong folks but i think that's the case uh but yeah i think his uh his torso was uh unique to him he's got this kind of slightly strange uh brown bra effect to his hits <laughs> yep. to his upper half a sort of a bit of a, an accent to his uh sort of shoulders and he's got a sort of um a weapon a holsterized holst, holsterized weapon yep. um yeah nothing too too flash but you know those original 13 when lined up all together with those unifying features there's there's something very uh satisfying about seeing that that collection so uh, yeah, who knows? One day I might go back in and uh, recreate that that uh, original set. But yeah, for the moment, that's Clutch. That's yeah. him, yeah. and he's he's a good looking guy. Let's yeah. give it up for Clutch. Well done, Clutch. Well done, Clutch. <laughs> I mean, you know, fair play. Not a lot of those original thirteen get uh, a, a tremendous amount of page time in the comic you know yeah, past, I mean, you think past about, a certain issue so yeah you think about like uh the you know flash grand slam short fuse um maybe even grunt i mean yeah well, grunt probably more so but you know a lot of the guys those guys they they were sort of just really used as background zap yeah. Uh, as well used as background characters to to boost out the the numbers and and once the the more colorful characters started being introduced into the to the you know book um they really did start taking a back back seat so so a lot you know the the ones that i just called out kind of all really 
sort of were put to the side but some of the more distinguishable ones that that Larry had obviously imprinted on and also stood out as looking visually quite different so rock and roll clutch stalker snake eyes hawk uh, scarlet very much you know be- became the the favorites and the ones that endured and you know we're still seeing clutch you know, all of these years on you being used by by Harry, Larry Hammer as a as a key character in his uh, you know critical core yeah. cast. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What well on class? Uh, yeah, and I, I actually I should read this out. You know, from his file card as well. All about Lance Dare, Lance Lance J Steinberg from uh, Ashbury Park, New uh, New Jersey. Um, you know, his obviously his primary specialty and secondary specialty being uh, transportation and infantry. Um, the, what stands out on his original file card is the is the quote at the bottom of it. He greases his ha- hair with motor oil, rarely shaves, chews on the same toothpick for months. Crut- clutch still calls women chicks, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so definitely leaning into the slightly uh, uh, you know frowned upon. Uh, uh, you know male characteristics there in the in the slightly more uh you know metrosexual era that we live in but yep, uh yep. yeah very much a part of that original canon of him uh sort of looking to to crack on to scarlet or cover girl yes, yes. Or, or snake eyes when he's dressed up as boy george probably yep, um yep. never confused um you know very much part of that that characteristic and uh yeah sort of that that dynamic to it made made him feel like a bit more of a fleshed out character particularly his um you know his close friendship with uh rock and roll as well yep yep good stuff uh next week i'm guessing helix so um <laughs> i don't know if she's had a figure or not but well she, she has for sure okay. but not not obviously from the original era no no <laughs> um there'll be some original characters in that story i'm sure that uh chief can guess and get wrong um and my track record's not too bad at guessing but um, well yeah this this is why i was so excited this week because you didn't get it at all normally no. it's at least you know guess number one or two yeah yeah yeah, yeah. one chalk one up for the funky bunch ding um listen uh, we put a question out to the listeners and like i said it was exclusive to the facebook talking joe group and it was what is it wasn't what is your favorite pop culture vehicle because there was a kind of a poster that went up um i don't know who actually did the poster the but... poster was by an artist called rashid loft yeah it's a good um... one and it's, it's got all these iconic vehicles from the kind of 80s and 90s of pop culture and we asked the listeners to just tell us what their favorites were simple as that yeah and it was interesting because um while we did have a winner in terms of the most votes which was the delorean yes um there there was a lot of variety in the answers and so we put this out onto our facebook groups as a facebook exclusive so uh, yeah join in on the fun on over on facebook to to get involved uh you know, with uh, the questions and debates that we have over over there, um, yeah, a lot of variety. The answers we had: uh, the Magnum PI Ferrari, we had the '89 Batmobile, the yep. Mad Max Interceptor, the General Lee, the A Team van, the uh, Kit from Knight Rider. We yep. had the RV from Stripes. We had FAB One from uh, the Rolls Royce from uh, Thunderbirds. Yep. And uh, we had uh, Loop in the Thirds Fiat 500 from the Castle of Cal- Caligroso. Um, yeah, a lot of variety there. Everyone's got their favourites. Good spread. What's your What's your personal go-to vehicle here? 
so they're all nice aren't they yeah. you know i think i would change my mind on any given day um i'll put a twist on the question which was back in the day when i was a kid and i was uh, consuming a lot of this what was the vehicle that i really wanted to have at three and three quarters scale to yes. to have in my games and the answer to that one was for sure the a-team van yes, yes. what a great van like and a muscle tricked out van yeah love it yeah, they flip open the sunroof, you know, lay down some machine gun fire out of that. Um, I think, and I, think Galoob, I might have had it, you know. Yeah, Galoob put out a, a version of it, which was actually a very nice version of the toy, which was at three and three quarter inch scale to match the uh, 18 figures that they were releasing. It yeah. was a, a very good toy. A good friend of mine had it when I was young and... I was so jealous. I pined for that toy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good one. And we'll put the poster up on the socials, um, the, uh, Twitter and Instagram, those who haven't seen it. But interestingly, someone did point this out, not me, but the DeLorean's the only one going the other way. Yeah, he's going backwards. He's going back in time, baby. Um, yeah. Ben gave a shout-out to the Testarossa, the Miami Vice Testarossa. Uh-huh. Um, I think my personal favourite there, I do like the 18 van. do obviously like the... Oh, it's, it's too hard, isn't it? It's too yeah, hard. I mean, I don't that, know. that DeLorean, the Ghostbusters, <laughs> the Ghostbusters, um, uh, what would you call it? Uh, Ecto-1. Ecto-1, yeah. Saloon, maybe. I would maybe uh, not give it to... That, that is a fantastic... I've got, I'm looking at the Lego one here, and it's a really good one. But I, I'm not going to vote that just on the movie screen time, which is fairly minimal. Uh, I don't know if it features in any... I never actually watched like real Ghostbusters cartoon or anything like that, so I don't know if it features heavily in that, but I imagine it does. But... All good. Apart from that Mr. Bean vehicle, I'll take any of them. <laughs> yeah, take any of them apart from the Mr. Yeah, Bean yeah. Mi- mini. <laughs> yeah. um, but we do have um, a question for all the listeners for next week. And um, because we both forgot to sing a little jingle coming in, um, do you want to sing a little jingle to introduce this question or shall I okay. go? <laughs> let's let's do a, let's do a challenge we'll both sing and then and let's uh yeah let's let people decide which is the best one okay all right go on then so let's ask you a question you being the listeners for the show maybe we'll post it just on facebook or maybe we'll post it on other places as well but i don't know good i think this is going to be the worst jingle i don't know let's let's have a go Talking Joe, Chief Fan Funky Bunch, we're asking questions. You've been the listeners, you're going to answer them. Are you going to answer them? Is the cat answering them? Is the dog answering them? Have you got a cat? Have you got a guinea pig? Did you feed the guinea pig? I fed the neighbour's apple this morning and I gave it water. He liked that. Yum, yum, yum. Guinea pigs, guinea pigs. We're asking questions. <laughs> no idea what happened just then. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone? Okay. No. Inside <laughs> Chief's mind. I did feed the neighbour's guinea pigs apple and they did oh, love it. Um so our question to you this week is, um, I've forgotten this, we discussed it for two minutes prior to recording, and it was something, oh yes, yes, I remember now, um, what uh, listeners of Talking Joe listeners, tell us a random claim to fame you have. Was that right? What? Yeah, what is your claim to fame? It could yeah. be big, maybe you were Prime Minister, or oh. it could be small, you once met... Um, me uh, Hasselhoff's David Hasselhoff's pet guinea pig badger yeah guinea pig yeah that's big <laughs> man what are you talking about um, yeah yeah tell us your random claim to fame big or small we don't care we just want to read the answers and read them out so <laughs> um 
Good. Uh, I feel like we kept the energy up from 100 into 101. Expect that to dissipate downhill next week. But <laughs> no, um, it's been good. Been, been good chatting to my buddy Funky Bunch. Um, back in, back on the train, back in the wagon, yeah, whatever that it's been is. Good yeah. talking to you, my acquaintance, Chief. Yes, yes. Um, listen, but uh, we're running out of time. So with all that said and done, we will catch you down the road. Because we've been talking, Joe. Roll out of Joes. Where they gone, those Joes? They gone a long time ago. Laters.